Welcome to Lineage Speaks, the podcast, an anthology series of women sharing the stories of how they carry the torch for future generations. I'm your host, Marlena Dontrapel, and today, sharing her chapter, we have Melissa Lambour. Melissa Lambour is a spiritual globetrotter that turned her wanderlust into her life's work when she became a Reiki astro geo guide and founded Cosmic Roadmap. She guides the endless wanderer to discover their place in the world with her signature astrogeography sessions. Weaving together Reiki, Ayurveda, and astrogeography, she has helped digital nomads and avid travelers develop a cosmic roadmap that determines their next steps in life and business. She strives to serve people from all walks of life, especially individuals belonging to the 2SLGBTQIA+, BIPOC, and immigrant communities that have felt out of place or called to travel the world. In addition to being a digital nomad, she holds a BEME in mechanical biomedical engineering and an MBA in sustainable management with 12 years of career experience. With 20 countries under her belt, she plans to astro map her way around the world using astrogeography to experience all of her best planetary energies. Chapter 13, Melissa Lambour, Beyond Lineage, Our Cosmic Connection. You are a global citizen of the world, connecting us back home to the cosmos, irregardless of where our roots have been planted. You remind us that we have always belonged beyond flesh and bone. I'm so excited for others to receive what you have to offer as you map us back to our Dharma, Jumake. My mentor and past client, Jumake, sums up my work so beautifully. She understands what it feels like to live between two worlds like most children born to immigrant parents. Sense of belonging is a human need that runs deep in every single one of my astrogeography client sessions. I'm cosmically bonded to Jumake through my moon node line, which runs through Southern Thailand. Harnessing that, the energy on this astrological line brings me closer to my purpose. It's no surprise that it also runs near my partner's homeland of Malaysia. My connection to that land was faded and written in the stars. I first met my Malaysian partner, Faris, while playing Dance Dance Revolution as undergrads at Stevens Institute of Technology. We both love rock music, killer solos, and listen to November Rain by Guns N' Roses while studying at the library. He always helped me understand engineering principles without undermining my intelligence. He finally won me over with food, which he still does to this day. Our cross-cultural connection sparked my travel bug, and we began traveling very early in our relationship. We traveled to my parents' homeland, Guatemala, to experience the colonial cities, villages, volcanoes, lakes, and the ancient Mayan ruins of Tikal. Faris was a keeper, since he loved street food as much as me. Our next trip was back to his homeland, where I got to experience the warmth of his culture and the food. When a student visa expired, it was time for him to move back to Malaysia. 
We didn't want to marry just for the sake of getting his green card. So we chose to see how things would go as a long distance relationship. It was the best decision we ever made since it allowed us to meet in Europe and Asia during those three years. Asia was waiting for me with open arms and food. I've been to Malaysia almost a dozen times, sometimes against Faris's will, but I feel so loved and cared for. I didn't know back then, but I was tapping into planetary energies that only astrogeography could explain. Mama Aziza. A frail Muslim woman showed me what unconditional love truly was. Mama Aziza was the grandmother I wish I had. Even as a Matsale, a foreigner, she welcomed me into her traditional house in the kampung, the village. The simplicity and richness of the culture had me coming back for more. The land of dragon fruit, mangosteen, sweet fuzzy rambutan, and the unmistakable durian. Why did I feel so at home there? It wasn't even my blood lineage. It was my chosen lineage, or the that chose me, that I was destined to dance with in this lifetime. I'm meant to work with the spirit of my chosen ancestors and the energies of the land, so I may understand the true meaning of bridging cultures. Do you ever meet people and wonder why you're so drawn to them? They may carry or embody the planetary energies you were destined to connect with. Malaysia is my home, my mother, my grandmother, welcoming me back every time with open arms and food. Damakan, have you eaten? Guatemala is a neutral zone for me on my astro maps, but Southeast Asia, Hong Kong, and China have major energies related to my home, family, purpose, healing, and transformation. I now understand that you can connect to these planetary energies through people, culture, practices, and objects. Even meditating on these things can allow you to harness the energy of a place. My favorite way to harness the energy of Malaysia is by wearing flowy, traditional batik kaftans that caress my skin. I channel every artisan that crafted these textiles. I embody machik energy all the way by enjoying the simplicity of life. It's pronounced makchik, Malay for auntie. I miss going to the mamak food stalls, the bustling markets, and hanging out or lepaking, as the locals call it, until the wee hours of the night. I was blessed with very chill in-laws that took me in even when I was dating their son. If seen through the conservative Islamic lens of Malaysia, our relationship could have been problematic and frowned upon. I stuck out like a sore thumb in Southeast Asia, but everyone's curiosity and generosity was endearing. We tend to think that we must be loyal only to our ancestral bonds, but what if they are severed physically or emotionally due to years of pain and generational trauma? When my parents divorced, my paternal family ties were never the same again. The road trip the roads I had loved to plan to Florida became a thing of the past. At 16, around the same time, my dad last spoke to me as a teenager. I convinced my mom to take me and my sister to the bus stop in Atlantic City so that the two of us could take the bus down to Fort Lauderdale. Even back then, nobody could say no to my crazy ideas. 
I wanted to be down in Florida with my father's family, even if my father wasn't around. They were my lifeline and direct access to my cultural identity. Up in New Jersey, I didn't know what Guatemalan culture was outside of making tamales for Christmas and extravagant sweet 16 parties that felt more like traditional quinceañeras. My Latinness was pieced together from all the other cultures I grew up with in the Spanish-speaking Catholic Church. We'd get authentic tamales and tacos from downtown Lakewood. I appreciated my multicultural upbringing and the way the Spanish language opened my world beyond New Jersey. I learned the nuances of every country, the way they spoke and what they ate. I may not have been fully immersed in Guatemalan culture, but I was swimming in a rich caldo of Latinness. Being raised on Lenape land with no direct lineage to my ancestors made reclaiming my indigenous roots difficult. I was also called to other parts of the world where there are planetary energies I was meant to connect with based on astrogeography. I know that with every generation, my ancestors lost touch with their indigenous roots due to colonization as they delved deeper into Catholicism and further away from their ancient practices. Astrogeography connects me back to my ancestors that look to the stars and planets for answers. I reclaim my ancestral connection to the cosmos and divination. I wish to bring astrogeography into the light so I can develop cosmic roadmaps for people worldwide. As I travel the world and work with astrogeography to bridge unlikely cultures, I heal my lineage. We no longer have to make decisions from a place of desperation. We have the choice to heal through our passions, carry the torch to guide you back to the cosmos and find true belonging. Who am I truly? I was cracked open when I was told to leave an online BIPOC space. I had flown into this global community like a moth to a flame, only to be burned by the most unexpected encounter. It was a core sex positive BIPOC friendly community that was meant to be a safe space. With the Black Lives Matter movement at its peak, BIPOC spaces began springing up. Was I welcomed in these spaces? Like most Latin American families, my imaginable shade of brown and beige. After months of trying to figure out the right words to describe myself, I settled on white Latina. I was immediately told to leave the space since it was only meant for Black, Indigenous, and people of color. This was a space that I thought I rightfully belonged in because of my lived experience, not necessarily for the color or shade of my skin. After further explaining that I was white presenting and light skin, but of Guatemalan descent, there was more understanding. Now looking back, I could have left out the word white like I had done most of my life. But it was such a polarizing time that it felt necessary to take a side, either white or black, without an in-between. I didn't know how I fit into a BIPOC space. Was I a white presenting POC with Afro-Indigenous roots? As someone of mixed ancestry, I was ethnically ambiguous and often perceived as white until I opened my mouth 
or hit the dance floor. This was a form of reverse racism or colorism that I never expected to confront. But that moving forward, I wanted to create spaces that understood the nuances of ethnicity and culture. I appreciated the Asian people that reached out to check on me during this mishap, since how understood where I was coming from. We don't always fit the stereotypes, nor should we. Only we have a say who we are and how we identify. My ancestors are from the land of volcanoes, lush mountains, mystical lakes, and ancient ruins. Rhythmic sounds of the marimba wake up the soul and the corn feeds it. Where the stories of my ancestors are woven and embroidered into bright rainbow masterpieces, but have been erased from my lineage due to colonization. They were people of the land and of the cosmos, observers, inventors, nomads, traders, healers. Growing up, being called white or blanquita always rubbed me the wrong way. It completely dismissed my culture and the struggles my parents had to endure to set up their life in the U.S. after leaving Guatemala. However, I now acknowledge my white presenting privilege and have had conversations with Faris about how we are both seen differently in this world. I know that I will always be given preferential treatment for my lighter skin and features. It's something that I must accept and use for good by continuing to be a bridge in BIPOC conversations. No matter how I'm perceived, the struggles are universal in our diverse BIPOC immigrant communities, especially the issue of absent fathers. Reality is that my deep father wound continues to rear its ugly head. Whether it was unrequited love or being told to leave a BIPOC space, these events opened an even deeper abandonment wound that I had been carrying since I was 16 years old. Why have I felt like I don't belong in this world? Maybe because I had been carrying around this false idea that my father never wanted me, so the rest of the world wouldn't either. The months that followed were filled with journaling, heavy feelings of not belonging, and searching for the proper words to describe my existence. I stumbled upon an oracular leadership summit that showcased primarily BIPOC healers and coaches. I instantly connected to Jumike's story as a Thai American that yearned to connect back to her ancestral land, only to find out that her story medicine business was meant to be birthed back at home in Southern California. We finally connected through one of her story medicine workshops, which allowed me to start healing what had happened earlier that year. I was hesitant to take up space, still traumatized that I'd be called out for being white and told to leave. The truth was that I felt more Malaysian than Guatemalan after having been with my partner for over 16 years, the same amount of time I spent with my father as a child. My taste in food, music, and entertainment had expanded. It's cliche, but Ferris definitely stole my heart through my stomach. He was a foodie just like me, where flavor and spice were top priority. We both devoured Anthony Bourdain's shows after college. 
we couldn't get enough of him and other food vloggers on YouTube. They opened our eyes to the world through food and Bourdain's love affair with Asia paralleled my own. I would eventually travel to Malaysia and Vietnam just like he did to experience it myself. In 2018, the whole world, especially Faris and I, mourned Anthony Bourdain. He was the father figure I never had. My Facebook post two days after Bourdain passed reads June 10th, 2018. Rest in peace. I'm still processing it all. It's just so surreal. I learned from his travels that food has the power to bring diverse groups of people to the table. May we continue his legacy and try to have deeper, more honest conversations that will hopefully bring about change. I was inspired to continue his legacy of bridging cultures through food and travel. In 2019, I silently grieved my cousin who also took her life and left behind a family and children loved her. Their death made me rethink the trajectory of my life and to sting along without a purpose. I quickly dove into living my most authentic self and finally traveling solo around South America and Southeast Asia. In April, 2019, I even had the chance to eat at the same restaurant that Obama and Bourdain had their famous meal back in 2016. It was a full circle moment. From that point on, I knew I had to travel with purpose. No more certain aimlessly, like I had in the past, jumping from one dopamine hit to another. I was done filling the emptiness with experiences only to be left in a dark, lonely hotel room. As a traveler, I knew I had to befriend my inner world before I tried to escape somewhere else in my outer world. My partner always kept me grounded. He knew what I stood for and respected me for always being open to different cultures, not just for the flavor of the day, but the way I fully immersed myself in the nuances and contradictions. Death and rebirth, shedding identities. With death comes rebirth. 2018 marked the beginning of a new Melissa. While in 2019, I searched for my purpose. Losing Bourdain and my cousin brought things into perspective. It was my to live the life of my dreams, not one that I was expected to follow. My business was birthed at the very moment my identity was completely shattered. Talk about death and rebirth. I was left to pick up pieces for the rest of the year. I was robbed of my voice, which led me to Egypt to heal my throat chakra. 21 was a devastating inner battle of figuring out what spaces accepted me or not, and being honest about the spaces I wanted to cultivate moving forward. And 2022 will be the year I reclaim all my ancestral wisdom and traditions of the globe. I stand strong as the person I've become against all odds and obstacles. I lean into my medicine without fear of persecution. I feel like I'm constantly shedding identities and roles in order to start anew. I touch upon this concept in my Legacy Speaks chapter, Beyond Labels, Finding Your Place in the World. I honor my ancestral lineage from Guatemala and welcome my chosen family from Malaysia. I am the bridge meant to connect Guatemala to Malaysia, an unlikely pair that I love to call Guatalasia.
guiding you back to the cosmos belonging. We often think we're stuck or can't change our situation. But the truth is, astrogeography can show you the way and explain why you felt disconnected or drawn to travel the world in search of your home. Finding home beyond your ancestry, especially when you feel called elsewhere. My vision is to bridge cultures and connect people with harmonious energies, regardless of their background or labels. I'm here to guide you back to your cosmic family, the home you never knew existed. Astrogeography will explain why you have cosmic connections around the world with the most unexpected people, cultures, and places. You'll finally align with the planetary energies that you were destined to connect with in this lifetime, since it was written in the stars. My legacy is to help you stop escaping yourself and find peace right where you are. I do this work for every person that has ever felt like an outsider. Every person deserves a place to call home, whether it's on this earth or within their soul, allowing your inner and outer world to reach an equilibrium. As I begin tapping into my unique planetary energies around the world, I realize that some places will bring me to my shadows while others will bring me to my light. Egypt most recently brought me to the depths of my soul. This poem was born on a sailboat in the middle of the Egyptian Red Sea as I tapped into my cosmic energies of the dolphins, descendants of the star Sirius B, as well as spiritual Neptune, transformational Pluto, and healing Chiron from my astro maps. At this moment, I was actually homesick for Malaysia, not the US. I surely was craving my moon node energy to bring me back to my purpose. I dedicate this to the runner within me and all the endless wanderers that wish to find their cosmic connection. The runner. She stares into the golden sun, wondering where Lan has gone. How to get here? She feels the waves up against the boat, swaying it back and forth as she wonders about her worth. She wonders if she deserves this life. Is she dreaming or living this in real life? Wishes to be free so she can see what this world is meant to be. Is she running away or running towards her fate? Like a fish in the sea, drawn to the bait, she gets lured to the wonders of the world. Her adventure has just begun. She can't fathom it ever being done. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us if you found this podcast to be helpful in your journey. If you would like to experience more from the other women who contributed to this series, you can purchase a digital or printed copy of Lineage Speaks on Amazon. All proceeds go to elamugirls.com a nonprofit organization giving young girls aged 14 to 18 in Kenya a choice, a voice, and a bank account. Saving girls in Kenya from genital mutilation, sex tourism, or becoming a child bride and changing their lineage story. Once again, thank you for listening. And remember, you get to write your own story 
how it connects you to the stories of the past and how you guide the stories of the future. Until the next episode, honor the light within you and let it guide your way on. <laughs>